Hi there, and welcome to episode 13 of the Mother of Success podcast. I am your host, Heather Hennessy of Heather Hennessy Life Coaching, and I am so glad that you are with me for today's episode. This podcast is for working women who are new mothers. I am going to start by asking you to breathe with me. Whatever you are doing right now, take five deep breaths with me in through your nose and out through your mouth. So today's episode is let yourself thrive. There is no better time to figure out how to thrive as a human being than during your adjustment to working motherhood. Now stay with me because thriving and working motherhood are often not words that people associate with one another. Uh, we've talked in prior episodes about how, you know, lots of new mothers sort of feel like they're down in a hole. They're not thriving. They're, you know, merely trying to keep their head above water. So it is true that a new mother is going through a massive, massive time of change. I literally think that everything about your life changes all at the same time as a, as a working mother, as a new mother. So because of that, there is a window of opportunity in that period of our lives and we have a chance to figure out exactly how we want to thrive as working mothers. A lot of what happens during this period of massive change is that we get a really clear look at what is causing us to not thrive in our lives. And here's a hint, right? It's not the baby's fault. It's because we had a bunch of stuff that was happening in our lives that was problematic before the baby came. The arrival of the baby just kind of unmasks these problems for us. So to be really clear, I'm using the word thriving here. Thriving is not about being happy all the time. So you may also recall from previous episodes that we've talked about the concept that life is 50-50. This is one of the first concepts that we need to get our heads around. Your life right now is a mixture of the positive and the negative. <laughs> life as a new working mother is a mixture of the positive and the negative. And, you know, the easiest way to think about it is that the human condition period for all of us is just uh, about a 50-50. Life is a mixed bag and that's normal. So thriving is not being happy all the time. Thriving is more like living a full human existence 
where you are not experiencing undue suffering. Thriving is living your life on your terms without a lot of drama and unnecessary negative emotion. And I think that thriving is a really important term for the context of new motherhood. It is possible for you to be a thriving new mother, even when you have only slept for two hours. So the way that that would look is you could be thriving under that circumstance of having only slept for two hours if you were having a mental dialogue with yourself along the lines of maybe I'm going to rest again soon. I have had a little bit of sleep and I'm okay and I need to, you know, do a couple of things and then I can rest again in a couple of hours, right? That's a, a mental dialogue that's generally reassuring yourself, a mental dialogue that's generally sort of taking care of yourself and supporting yourself. On the other hand, you could be a new mother who has slept for two hours and your mind is consumed by how resentful you are that your partner didn't get up with the baby for the last diaper change. That resentment and your mind sort of dwelling on how resentful you are about your partner and having this whole sort of story about, you know, how your partner's not supporting you and never does anything and you have to do everything. That mental dialogue is causing you more suffering than the lack of sleep is causing you. So, you know, for these two hypothetical mothers, the amount of sleep is exactly the same, but the one mother is thriving in that she is, you know, giving herself as much of a boost as she can mentally and emotionally, while the second mother is in a mental framework that is the opposite of thriving. So I kind of, you know, toss out that simple example to give us a little bit of a, a frame of reference for this concept of thriving um, here from the beginning. So what we're talking about is letting yourself thrive as a new working mother. And this phase of our life is so exciting. It is so much all at the same time time. We need help. We need help as new working mothers to make sense of it all. Help to figure out how to incorporate these massive changes of new motherhood into our careers and our relationship and our lives. We need help in ways big and small. And I think that the key to our thriving is that we use this phase of our lives in order to learn how to mother ourselves into success. This is the opening that's afforded to us as new working mothers. So all of this sounds fantastic. Most people are on board with me up to this point, but here's where I'm going to throw some of you for a loop. We need help. Sounds fine, 
but you know, for those of you who are with me on this podcast, right, you're highly successful, highly capable working women. We do not need to figure this out by ourselves. That is the big concept for this episode. And we don't do this on purpose, right? We don't do this intentionally. But when we try to figure out working motherhood all by ourselves, I think we're actually cutting ourselves off from our success. I think we are actually stunting our growth as working mothers when we try to do it by ourselves. So, you know, there's a lot sort of tied up in that statement. Let's break all this down a little bit. I think it's normal for us to want to figure out working motherhood for ourselves. Again, we are successful women. We have track records of success. We are living a life full of evidence from the world and from our careers and from our, you know, our everything around us that we are successful people, right? We can figure out almost anything. Like literally, I, aside from like surgery, right? Like I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not like, you know, qualified to do any medical procedures. I don't know how to fly an airplane. <laughs> like highly specialized things like that. I exclude myself from the pool of people who can do those things. But anything else, like challenge me to do anything. Challenge me to learn how to cook a souffle. Challenge me to learn how to play how to play an instrument. Challenge me to learn how to speak Spanish. I could figure it out. I could figure that stuff out. I have a high belief in my ability to learn and to be an effective person in the world. Then I had a baby. <laughs> then, you know, we all as working mothers, we all have babies. And that past success <laughs> and my track record of effectiveness kind of flies out the window. You know, I struggled so much. We all struggle so much as new working mothers. And we're totally confused about why the adjustment to working motherhood is so hard. I've talked extensively about this in my own life in previous episodes. I had all of these thoughts and beliefs about how I could figure out working motherhood by myself before I had a baby. And you probably have some thoughts and probably not identical to mine, but similar ones. Um, I'm not, you know, I think this is subconscious for us. And I really look forward to sort of delving deeper into some of the origins of this. Um, and, you know, kind of looking into the question of, why do we even think that it's possible to figure out working motherhood by ourselves? Why do we think that that's the right thing to do to, you know, become working mothers kind of on our own? Um, you know, some of this is neuroscience, right? Some of this is kind of our brains 
going through our past and seeing how good we are and figuring things out and just having, you know, a, a belief about ourselves that we can and should figure things out by ourselves. Some of it is societal conditioning for sure. You know, like, and I don't mean like good societal condition, quote unquote, good societal conditioning, but so, sort of societal conditioning that is, um, perpetuation of a belief that if I can't figure something out by myself, then there's something wrong with me, right? Like a shame based, um, societal conditioning or, you know, something that's based on unkind thoughts about myself. Like if I can't figure this out, then I'm getting it wrong and I'm failing. That's all worth you know, taking a really hard look at that belief set going forward. But for today's purposes, let's just say there is no gold star to be earned by figuring out working motherhood by ourselves. It Doing it by ourselves is the hard way. It's totally unnecessary and it takes forever. In reality, right, new Working mothers are in a totally unique phase of life for which we are not prepared and for which we need specialized and individualized help. And we need that help immediately. So, you know, none of us benefits from old attitudes or from beliefs that we need to figure it out by ourselves. Even if we get beyond the, you know, quote, gonna figure it out by myself uh, belief, then we encounter kind of a second layer of challenges as we do kind of go out into the world looking for help. And I speak from firsthand experience here. The next layer of this phenomenon is that the places that we think we are supposed to go for support are not actually helpful to us. We think like, you know, maybe the train of thought, it's going to look different for everybody, but it's something along the lines of, I'm not thriving, right? Like however you define that for yourself. I'm not thriving So I need to go seek out, you know, ways that I can improve myself or my situation or my experience of working motherhood. And, and I think I know where to go. I think I know what's going to help me. And it's, you know, these sort of sources of information outside of myself. We, We might even know people who have benefited from, you know, one of these sources or another. And I'm going to sort of talk through a list of these here in a moment. But I think that my experience is pretty common where none of these conventional sources of information is actually a source of what I needed to thrive. So let's talk about this for a moment kind of the, the highest level of, um, <laughs> of, of, 
I don't know, how do I want to grade these, right? If we're like putting these on like a, like a scale, right? The top, the top of the scale is the medical community. So this is another one of those kind of bizarre parts of the motherhood experience. When you're pregnant, you've got this kind of constant attention from the medical, your medical providers, right? Like whatever, whatever those are, um, having had a baby, uh, over the age of 40 and with some underlying medical conditions, I had a ton of medical intervention. (laughs) I was seeing the doctor or, you know, some form of the medical community constantly. Then I had my baby and I didn't have any, like I passed through all my postpartum screenings without kind of setting off any flags. And so after they, you know, you have the baby and then you have like a six week checkup. And after that six week checkup, they just kind of shuffled me out the door. We're like, okay, well, give us a call back if you get pregnant again. (laughs) I was like, (gasps) what? You know, I mean, I guess part of me was expecting that to be sort of released from, from scrutiny by the medical community. But at the same time, it was a little bit like, oh, okay. Like I'm, I guess I'm done with that. So, you know, that happened to be my experience. Of course, some people do continue with, um, a medical, supervision of some kind because of, you know, an issue with their healing after having given birth or because, you know, they're in some other sort of therapeutic setting postpartum. So, you know, that's, that's a small fraction of new mothers. I think that most of us have the experience that I have where they're just like, okay, see you later. You're looking good. Keep on trucking. (laughs) And at that six week point, for me was really where things were getting the hardest. So, so that, you know, sort of uh, source of information just did not serve to be a sustained and predictable source of help for me. The second that I would kind of put on the scale, second source of information are sort of like mommy websites or parenting websites they're kind of like the curated places. Um, I'm, if you've had a baby, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm certainly not going to, you know, name any specific ones here, but they're like kind of lifestyle websites. Some of them have, you know, a little bit more kind of medical information. Some of them are, uh, you know, a little bit more shopping or, you know, product reviews things like that. So, you know, those were useful to me. I certainly consulted a variety of them at different points and got a variety of different information out of them, but they were not especially useful to me because, and I've given this a lot of thought, because so many of them are advertising based, right? They're selling products and they're trying to sell products to the widest possible range of mothers. What I needed was information for 
working mothers who are professionals, right? I am a working professional. I'm the family breadwinner and I have a new baby. So just a lot of the articles that were there were not what I was looking for, right? They were sort of aimed at the thriving of the general population, which just wasn't what I was after. I was, I was looking for how do I thrive, right? How do I fix this problem? Or, you know, what information do I need about this issue that's arising for me? And it just was, it just was a step away from the mark. It was a step away from what I really needed. Um, yeah, I mean, websites that are, that are trading off of advertising dollars are aimed at the widest possible range of people who are going to click those advertisements. That's just how it goes. So, you know, next down the list would be sort of family and you know, for any of you who listened to the episode with my sister, <laughs> you know that my uh, my family was not especially um, a source of information or support or, you know, kind of directions on how to thrive as a, as a new working mother. For some people, they are going to have really great and supportive families. But I didn't, you know, that just happens to have been part of how that went for me. Um, Also kind of roughly in this same category would potentially be like mentors, you know, other working professional women who are in your, in your, you know, life um, and who have a working motherhood experience that looks like what you want yours to be. Those, some people maybe don't necessarily have uh, family members who are able to model what they want, but you might have some mentors. Again, that's kind of a scattershot source. You know, you may have a mentor who is, uh, has got a really great, um, thriving working motherhood in some aspects, but not in the ones that you need, right? You, you just are living a life that's very individual to you. The chances that you've really got somebody in your social circle who has got the kind of elements of thriving that you need, again, it's possible, but I just don't know how probable it is. Same with our peers. Um, you know, our peer groups, uh, people we love, right? Like friends that we've had forever who are working moms, same phenomenon, you know, some number of them are going to be really thriving in ways that we want to learn from and, and imitate and others of them are just not going to be having that kind of experience. That's just the way of the world. Um, and then <laughs> the other one on my list is, and <laughs> you know, we've all, we all know about the book, right? It takes a village. And 
I don't know about the rest of you, but I did not have a village. As I was entering working motherhood, I did not have a village. Again, it's the same with, uh, you know, these families and mentors and peers. Some of us are going to have a village. Some of us very much are not. I did not have one. And then sort of the lowest on my spectrum of, you know, sources of information is just kind of the unfiltered internet, right? Like social media, you know, at that point, right? If you take like an issue of, if a working mother takes an issue to (laughs) Facebook, for instance, you're just opening up the fire hose. It's, it's just unhelpful. It's just not helpful. Um, it's just rarely, rarely helpful to, you know, to have, um, conversations about something as meaningful as your experience of working motherhood and, you know, how to thrive as a working mother with, you know, people who you went to high school with and, and whoever else happens to be in your social media friend group. So, We have all of these various sources of information. We're looking for how to thrive as, you know, new working mothers. None of these sources of information really get us there. And we get discouraged or we get a lot of information that is out of sync with our actual needs. Um, You know, and worse, we get a lot of kind of pretending. We get a lot of false perfection. We get a lot of people who are kind of showing off in public and it's just not helpful to us. It's just not. We go down a lot of wrong pathways and the the part that's really detrimental to our thriving is that we exhaust ourselves along the way all of this looking for fixes and trying to get control over our lives. And, you know, like in, in my case, I just spent a lot of time worried about how I didn't have a village. I, just, I did a lot of suffering because I didn't have a village. And I was like, I don't have a village. It takes a village. I don't have a village. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, it was a huge waste of time. It was a huge waste of my time and my energy. So we again resort to figuring it out by ourselves. You see what I'm saying, right? We go around these loops with the all these other sources of information. None of them work out. So we just kind of throw up our hands. We fall into a mental trap that's really a false trap. I struck out, right? The medical community shuffled me out the door. The, you know, Facebook was not helpful. I'm clearly back to my own devices. This is this is just what our brain offers us when we are trying to figure it out and we get disappointed by one thing or another. Your brain is not telling you the truth in that moment. It's actually not your only, 
you know, your only choice is not to just go back and try to figure it out yourself. That is a false choice. Keep on looking for help. Keep on trying to figure out what you need to thrive. Keep on trying new things and one after the other until you find what does help you. That is exactly what I did for myself. And what I want to bring us to for today's episode is that we do have an alternative approach to thriving. I have taken this journey myself. I did it. I have exactly the experience that I needed to work out my own thriving. And because I did it the way I did it, it is now something that I can teach other working women who are new mothers. Coaching with me is this alternative approach. This is new, right? You are not likely to know anyone who has experienced thriving as a new working mother in the way that I am able to offer it. And that is the case because I think I am uniquely inventing it right now. Nothing can help you figure out how to thrive like I can. So this alternative approach looks something like the following. First of all, we know that we are not prepared for working motherhood. We just know that. And we know that figuring it out by ourselves is exhausting, takes the longest, and causes us to suffer the most unnecessarily. And we are really kind and generous to ourselves about all of that, right? Like, like, everything that I just stated, that we're not prepared, and that doing it by ourselves takes a really long time, we don't beat ourselves up about any of that. (laughs) Beating, Beating ourselves up is never the answer. We also know as working professional women who are brand new mothers, that our needs are going to be different from the needs of other new mothers. And so are our solutions. This is the case as we look at our members of our family, maybe who have had a different experience, friends of ours who have had a different motherhood experience. And, you know, people who we see in articles on mommy blogs or in advertisements or, you know, other sort of programs where it's, you know, there's kind of a prescribed path for new moms. Some of that stuff is totally going to work for some other people, but for a new working mother, especially ones like me who are the family breadwinner and her coming into motherhood a little bit later, right after, you know, your mid thirties and into your forties, it's going to look different. Your processes are going to look different. Your keys to thriving are going to look different than what is out there in the mainstream. 
So knowing that our needs are going to be different and our solutions are going to be different, we enter the process of adjusting to new working motherhood through mindset coaching. This is how we begin to relax our (laughs) overwhelmed brain that is freaking out during our adjustment to working motherhood. This is where that initial layer of relief comes from. If you're experiencing anything that feels like overwhelm or anxiety or just what you would define as really, really high levels of stress, the you know mindset coaching that I am trained in and certified in and that I start with is really the place where people get immediate relief. And then, you know, once we've kind of examined the, the, you know, through that mindset coaching, we kind of take a look at what are the thoughts and beliefs and mindset barriers that are standing between you and your ability to thrive as a new working mother. And from there, the coaching process really puts you in the driver's seat and gets you where you want to go on your own terms. You develop a toolkit and a skill set that becomes yours. You get to arm yourself with this for your own benefit. It really stops this process of looking outside of ourselves for solutions, right? Instead, we develop our ability to turn inward and figure these things out for ourselves. And once we get some of these mindset obstacles and beliefs out of the way, everything else gets so much easier. I cannot overstate this. You get clarity about what you want, how you want to thrive as a working mother, and you are able to map out a path to get it. Plus, along the way, you get to hang out with me, and I am totally fun, and I have your best interest at heart. And, you know, unlike maybe some of your friends and some of your, your, your peers or other people that you know, I have absolutely no judgment during our work together, right? I am the person who is able to help you sort of see your thoughts and do that in a really kind and compassionate way. I'm able to help you process your emotions also just in a really kind of safe space. And I'm able to help you figure out if your adjustment to working motherhood kind of has brought up something where you do need another professional on your team. You know, it's not unusual for people who, you know, are new mothers to have had um, something physically go kind of off the rails, right? Like your hormones can go totally wonky or like you can have new allergies come up. So just, you know, having somebody who is, you know, a 
trained professional and can help you kind of talk through some of those issues and figure out like, yeah, I do need to be working with a nutritionist right now to figure out, you know, if I have some food allergies or I do need to be talking to a therapist. Um, a coach is just that kind of um, non-attached professional voice who can help you get to where you want to be and also help you talk through some of these other people who might be, you know, the exactly the sort of like all-star team that you need to help you thrive. So, you know, my approach that I'm outlining for you, I recognize that my work with people flies in the face of conventional wisdom. I get that. But I am here to tell you that that is a good thing. The conventional wisdom out there looks from my vantage point like a lot of garbage. And I know that firsthand because I lived in it for the first year as a, as a working mother. I lived in that conventional wisdom and I am so glad that that is not where I live anymore. And I am so glad that I now understand how to help other working mothers not live there either. There is a lot of unnecessary suffering in that conventional wisdom. A lot of silencing of new working mothers under guilt and shame for not thriving, right? Like there's just heaps of sort of guilt and shame for, for people who are quote unquote, you know, failing at working motherhood. And then there's, you know, the flip side of that coin, people who do kind of step out as thriving there's kind of a, you know, truckload of guilt and shame that comes along with some of that. Cutting through all of that nonsense is one of the main missions of my work in the world. I want to give to you that it is inside of you right now to be a thriving new working mother. It is inside of you to improve your life in every way. It was inside of me too. I just didn't know how to do it at first. And you probably don't know right now either. That's why you're listening to this podcast. How do we let the thriving working mother inside of you arise How do we let her out of her cage? A huge part of what has to happen is a self-identity shift. And those are hard. I've been through several. They're hard. (laughs) And that is especially true when that self-identity goes against the societal narrative in the way that this one will. This work takes a willingness to realize 
that you can have exactly the family life and exactly the career that you want. You can do it all. And you can do all of those things without suffering physically, mentally, or emotionally. You can do all of those things without ignoring your baby or without working yourself to death or without getting a divorce. (laughs) All of those bad outcomes are avoidable. As you work through, how do I thrive? How do I be exactly the working mother I most want to be? This work takes a willingness to move toward the thing that we think we are not allowed to have. Let that sink in for a minute. This takes some courage. I am here to tell you that you are allowed to do it. You are allowed to have a better experience of new working motherhood than the one you are currently having. You are allowed for your marriage to improve. You are allowed to lose the weight. You are allowed to go for the promotion no matter that you are about to have a baby or that you just had one. You are allowed to thrive. Now, I did it the hard way, right? I did it the way that took forever. I did it the way that I don't recommend for anybody else to do it. And I know, I know what that looks like. And I want you to know that if you choose to continue to do it on your own, right? To sort of go through this adjustment to working motherhood by yourself. The time that you spend suffering is not necessary. The time that you spend being overwhelmed is not necessary. You do not have to do that. During that time, where you're overwhelmed or consumed by anxiety or you're worrying or like in my example from the beginning, right? The the resenting your partner who didn't get up to change the baby's diaper. During those moments, you are not present with your baby. You're not present in your career. You're not present in your marriage, right? You're devoting your precious mental space to something that is causing you to suffer. The other thing that's happening, again, without our necessary awareness, if we try to do this by ourselves, we are much more likely to be perpetuating family patterns or patterns from our, our, you know, uh, culture or family of origin that we do not want to bring forward. And, and why is that happening? Because um, it's like I talked about a few episodes ago, right in our exhaustion, in our confusion, we kind of fall back on our default programming. 
and it takes help, right? It takes help, you know, from a mindset coach to see what's going on and to bring awareness to it and to make different decisions. You know, when we're just kind of, you know, trying to do it by ourselves and fumbling through it, we're, we just don't have that kind of awareness. We don't have that kind of visibility into what we're doing. All we know is that we feel like we're turning into our mother and not in a good way and we can't stop. The other cost is that we fall into a habit and a pattern where working motherhood is harder than it needs to be and we acclimate to that. That is galling. When I think about that, that is galling to me. And I was there, right? I was flirting with that possibility. I, again, I'm so grateful to myself that I just never stopped trying to figure out how to feel better. <laughs> I never stopped, you know, trying to figure out what to do to thrive because the alternative was just to was to downgrade my expectations. The alternative was to think, this is just how I'm supposed to feel. I'm supposed to feel anxious all the time. I wasn't. I wasn't supposed to feel anxious all the time. That was just not the case. But I didn't know how to get out of that anxiety, right? Until I found the help that I needed through coaching to turn that around. You, there is a roadmap out of how you are suffering right now. You owe it to yourself to find it. I beg you, do not acclimate yourself to working motherhood is just hard. (sighs) All of these opportunities that lie ahead of you, if you take advantage of the help that coaching can give you, all of those benefits are yours and you get to share them with all of the people in your life, with your baby, with your partner, with your coworkers and your clients. And on the other hand, you pay all of the price of not getting the help you need deciding that you're going to do it on your own or you know you're just going to sort of stick with what you know you lose all of the opportunities that are available to you coaching is what closes the gap for us between who we are now and who we want to be in the future you want to be exactly the working mother that you imagine in your head and she is thriving. You need a coach to help you become her and you need me as your coach because I understand exactly what you want. I believe that you can have it and I can help you get it. You are going to have a human life, (laughs) just like we talked about at the beginning. 
I am not selling people that you can have happiness all the time. No, by definition, your human life is going to be a 50-50 experience. That is totally fine. But within that human experience, you can be happier more consistently than you are now or than you ever have been in the past. You can have more time than you have now, more time with your baby than you have now. You can have loving and fulfilling relationships. You can have exactly the career that you want for yourself. You can be the mom that you want to be and the businesswoman that you want to be. You can be comfortable in that full spectrum of success that is available to you. And you can be willing to give yourself even more success in life. The life that you dream about is available to you and I can help you get it. It would be my absolute honor to help you thrive as a new working mother. If you would like to talk to me about what that would look like specifically for you, please just follow the links wherever you found this podcast. Um, I will link up my social media as well as my website. And through those avenues will be all the information you could want about how we could start to have a conversation about working together. Thank you so much for listening today. This podcast is a meaningful one. And I hope that it gave you something to think about. Take good care of yourself. Bye-bye.